I cannot say enough about how important and critical and crucial the onboarding process is. Way back when I started recruiting 25 years ago, and I used to do what you said, Ira, where give me my check, offer letter, sign, and here I go, <laughs> out of here. But why that didn't work is because after I would place someone, inevitably, I would start to get the phone calls within two weeks or three weeks of them starting saying, hey, should I be concerned about blah, blah, blah with the employee? <laughs> and it was always from the employer. I'm like, well, time out. Let me just check. Talk to me about your onboarding process. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability explicit or implied shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co-host, Joyce Joya. Hey, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Googleization Nation, welcome back to another episode of Geek Skeezers and Googleization. Happy Cinco de Maya Day. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be doing our proverbial uh, drinks and toasts. Yes. <laughs> Joyce, welcome back uh, to another week. Thank you, Ira. It's great to be back with you. The only sure. thing I have to toast with is coffee, though. Yep, that's good. <laughs> yeah, I've got it. Got it covered. So we've been around, well, we, we've been around long enough, but we, we, we've lived through enough events. And it seems like deja vu to about 20 years ago, which was about when we first met. And we were talking about the, per I was talking the perfect labor storm. You were talking about the impending crisis, but every single, I, I can't even say every single day, every few hours, <laughs> another, I get another email, another alert, another headline right. uh, about the challenges of hiring people. And again, for slightly different reasons. I mean, in 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 the late 1990s, we, we had an incredibly robust job creation, job generation because of the dot-com technology was just coming into play and it's still in play and there's still many things, but jobs were just being created. Hundreds of thousands of jobs were being created every month. Now job creation is slowed a bit. You know, we're fortunate to have about 150 to 200,000 a month and we're, we're inching back up there. But the problem is, is there's just not enough people with the right skills or they're, they're maldistributed. They're, they're not distributed in the right places. So they live in areas where the jobs aren't. And, and there are many companies that are, are going toward those companies. Yeah, we at, the Herman group, we at the Herman Group used to call that misemployment or disemployment mm -hmm. because we have millions of people who are perfectly trained and very capable of handling jobs that no longer exist. And that barrier should be down for many of those jobs, obviously for health, for for clinical health care, it's a little difficult but for many, many jobs. <laughs> yes. And even those jobs, other than literally being bedside, there's many, many medical health care jobs, but there's manufacturing jobs, distri you know, distribution. We still need our Amazon drivers until we get our drones and, you know, everybody has and, and autonomous vehicles yeah, but, until that comes. So there are still many jobs that are 
present. But, you know, for other people, geography, location is no longer a barrier. So you can tap that talent. So a lot of things are happening. So really excited today. We're going to have Molly McGrath as our first guest. She, her, her company, she primarily works in the legal field, but her company is hiring and empowering solutions. And we're going to talk about what she's finding and how she, you know, some of the, the tips, suggestions, what she advises her clients to do to help attract and, and also retain, you know, people. And then well, actually, actually, Molly has this really nifty onboarding process that we're going to ask her about that practically, practically guarantees that her placements, she's a recruiter, will stay and her clients that's so incredibly important. I worked with a, fr- a few recruiters and it used to be, hey, we got your job offer, everything's signed, send me the check for all the work done and they'll show up on, you know, May 10th. And, <laughs> and that ended and, you know, included in my recruitment, the, the REACH acronym, which is R-E-A-C-H, which is how do you reach people, engage people, apply, communicate. And the final one is hire. And, and it, I, I don't spend a lot of time on it because companies are really struggling even to get people into the pipeline. But ultimately, hire means, you know, I, I say this all the time, hiring does not end the job offer. Hiring mm-hmm. includes onboarding, and it should go for months in that because there's so many employees that leave after 30, 60, 90 days. The turnover rates are just atrocious. So we're going to be talking about, with that, about that with Molly. And then our second segment today, we're going to have Tova Sherman, and we're going to be talking with her about her new book, which is called Win, Win, Win. But she has, she's going to be talking about disabled disability in the workplace and how that should be part of diversity and inclusion, which we've been talking about a lot. So that's going to be a really a great topic. And she's got eight, you know, she has 18 inclusion tips. We obviously can't cover them all, but every one of them, we could have a whole show on. So, right, right. Well, great. maybe we'll ask her for the We'll come back. Absolutely. There's always so much to talk about. So one, just one announcement I want to make sure we cover because we want to get Molly on the uh, webinar I've got coming up on May 20th is how to grow. We changed the title a little bit, have a little fun with it. You know, we've been playing with the FCDD theme, the effed up, uh, which is (laughs) frustrating, confusing, disappointing distraction. The other day it was like, you know, this is the world we live in. It's frustrating, confusing, disappoint uh, sometimes disappointing and it's definitely just a lot of distractions out there so i applied that and we're going to be talking about how to grow and thrive in an fcdd world and then next week actually our guest is debbie levitt one of our guests is debbie levitt next week and debbie's going to be talking about ux and cx but she's the one who introduced me to that acronym and uh, we've we've had a lot of fun with it. So that's, well, that's good. Great. Maybe you'll introduce me to that acronym later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, know, you see it on everything. It's it's now become every part of my uh, every keynote, every presentation that I do. And there's the link. It is free to come to the webinar on February twentieth. It's at one p.m. Eastern time. So it's a Thursday. So to see you there. So appreciate that. And we want to thank before we jump in. One last thing we want to thank Ingomo and Success Performance Solutions for being our sponsors again. And you'll hear from more of them at the break. So right now we're going to bring on Molly McGrath. Her company is Hiring and Empowering Solutions, which sort of says it all. She works primarily in the legal field, which you know going back when I entered. When I started this business, I worked with professionals. You know, I worked primarily in healthcare, but I also, some of my first clients were accountants and I had one attorney and it was pretty early in the game. I mean, it was like, they didn't see the need to, you know, 
to why did you need to screen people to hire them and selection? And <laughs> it was more is that they go to the right school. Yeah. They go to the right school, <laughs> right education. What was their interest? They'd come in as an intern or an apprentice, you know, basically you're an aide. So it was pretty interesting. And, you know, things have definitely changed. So hopefully Molly is still attached to us. There she is. There she There's is. Molly. Molly. Uh, hello. Thank you for having me, Ira and Joyce. Sure. Molly, both Ira and I have, have actually just discussed how very tight this job market is. What is your take and what does that mean for employers? Yeah. We, I have never seen anything like this. Like, as Ira said, I by and large serve in the per professional services with the main focus on attorneys. And the market has never been this tight. The pandemic exploded and people went and had to figure out how to work from home and adapt to that. And now getting people that want to come back into the office and or to leave that remote life is extraordinary. You know, there's all this talk about unemployment and not being able to get people to come back to work because they want that it'll hurt their unemployment or what have you. That by and large is in the service and retail industry. In the professional industry, right now, people, the pandemic taught them to really evaluate their core values, evaluate what they're looking for in an employer, what they're looking for and how they spend their time and energy every single day. And it's fascinating. So the days of throwing an ad up on Indeed.com or what have you and having a million resumes come your way, that is completely dead. And it's in every industry. I belong to several recruiting masterminds that have people from IT to healthcare to professional services to engineering, what have you. And we're hearing this across the board where it is like crazy crickets when you reach out to candidates. And so now as recruiters and employers, you have to get really, really creative with your invitation out to people. It's more so moved from the job application process to the recruiting process where you're spending, when you spend your energy on recruiting and reaching out to people, right, and engaging a subject line and engaging body and revamp your employment ad. I, I equated to think about you writing your profile for match.com. It's very similar. It is no different because at the end of the day, you have to have a very engaging, compelling invitation for people to want to at least hop in a Zoom room with you or get on a phone call with you. Yes, the candidates are clearly back in the driver's seat kind of like it was in the year 2000, I co-authored a book called How to Choose Your Next Employer because the candidates were choosing, right? Yes. Oh, indeed. It, it absolutely is. When I get on the phone with them and I talk to them and say, why are you even getting on a call with me? Tell me what is taking your valuable time to that. And when I break it down, They'll say, well, I'm looking for, there's not a tremendous amount of opportunity within my organization right now. And my next question is, what's your definition of opportunity? Talk to me about what opportunity means. Most employers think it's more money or higher up-leveled uh, job description or title. That's not the case. When I start really peeling away the layers of the onion, it's they're no longer connected to the heartbeat of the business. 
They're not clear what true north is. And at the end of the day, the most simplistic thing that really has been blowing my mind, and I'm hearing it over and over and over and over again, is that really that entrepreneurs and employers and leaders are, are lacking giving employees the three basic things that they need and why they will never, ever leave you. It's time, attention, and feedback. You have to remember you're hiring human beings first and foremost, and employers come from it from a place of hiring human doings. That's secondary. It's usually the human being stuff that that either get people to leave or get them fired. Yeah, it, you know, as you as you're talking, it's it's in, in my when I talk about recruitment marketing and talk about improve not recruitment marketing but improving the candidate experience, the the way that employers search use search for for workers and the way that job seekers search for jobs is really different because it used to be and you know certainly when we started our careers especially when i started my career and joyce you know we'd have to (laughs) we'd have to drive down to the place and fill out an application or (laughs) or we type the resume out and we we had to physically mail it or drive it down. We had to do them one yes. at a time. They have bad cop Xerox copies or mimeograph copies. Of it. Now, what's what's changed is that you can, with one click, you upload your resume, and with Everything's one click, digital, you have sure. jobs. So there's a what's changed is is, a, is where the commitment is. When we wanted to apply mm-hmm. for a job, when you have to when you had to manually fill out every single application or resume or type of resume there was a commitment we had to do that we and and then you had to mail it or fax it or email it whatever it was today the commitment doesn't start until after the that you as a recruiter would call or contact the candidate and then and then they decide do i want to pick up (laughs) so there's no commitment there but the other part that's really really interesting is is also from the job seekers, they say you contact them. The first thing they do is they go up to your website, and the first thing they do is go on LinkedIn and they check the company out. Right. Not they the, go on Glassdoor and see what kind of ratings you have. Right. Yeah. They're checking what's it look like. What's you know what's what is their imagery? Is there a story? I, and I love what you just said about you know the job des- job descriptions are stories. You need to you, you need to tell a story about your company. So what you know, it's interesting. And I think you heard you're probably in the green room. When we talked about it when I started my career. You know, I was going to focus just on professionals, you know, attorney. You yeah. know, and I came from healthcare, So it was going to be healthcare. And then my two first my first two clients happened to be an attorney and an accountant. And they were struggling hiring, you know, people. But it, w- it was a very different criteria. You used to get the the education, the credentials, what they needed the person to do, and it was a very different market. There was, there was a there was a lawyer glut at the time. Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting. A few things you want to you said, I read that I really want to I want to hang your hat on is number one. So often, the employer, the biggest mistake they make is they get seduced by a resume. 
and they judge a person by the resume. And to your point, it's all artificial intelligence right now. And I tell people my recruiting process is I want to talk to absolutely everybody, whether I they apply or I recruit them, because this is what happens because there's so much technology. So often when I call someone and I say, tell me what's up with your resume, you know, you've been unemployed for six months or what have you. I can't tell you nine out of 10 people will say to me, where in the world did you get that resume? And I'm like, it came from Indeed or it came from LinkedIn or what have you. And there's so much we're depending on technology is that they're like, that was the old one that was uploaded or I uploaded that one before my two jobs ago. And it's missing information, number one. So I tell employers, you have to talk to everybody because if they were award-winning writers, they wouldn't be applying for your job. <laughs> they would be in the journalists. If they would be copywriters, they would be what have you. So really, you want to talk to as many people as possible. And I, I love that you use that analogy about attorneys where you say, well, the only thing that matters is what prestigious school they went to. You know, how many years is of experience? That hasn't changed. I talked to probably five law firms yesterday where they, number one, they said, I'm, I don't want to talk to this candidate. They didn't, I don't like the law school that they went to. <laughs> and it's fascinating how how the the professional services really have not evolved in, in regards to that. And it takes a tremendous amount of coaching for me to say, well, guess what? They went to your website and your website's so completely outdated. You don't have a video on there. You have no blogging on there. It's not interactive. And your picture, I had to have a conversation with an attorney yesterday. We have phenomenal candidates, but when they go to the website, they they say, I'm not interested. And I and they trust recruiters. Employers think that our employees think that we work for them, which is a cool thing because they overshare with us and give us a lot of information. And this one in particular law firm, the attorney's picture was terrible. He did not look approachable, looked like a very mean, angry attorney, and they worked in criminal law. And I had to have a conversation with him saying, I can't, you got to update your website. You need some videos on there. You need to give me a video so I can inbox these candidates so they can see your essence. They could see your personality because the way your website is projecting your company is not who you are. I know that. Yeah, most of them don't realize that if they show themselves interacting with their employees, that makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. it, it makes prospective candidates feel like maybe this is someplace that I'd like to work. Yeah, absolutely. So, Mo, one, one is, Molly, it, and I'm sure, you know, you, you said this earlier, this has nothing, to, it, it's, it's still a problem in law and accounting and healthcare engineering, but it's a problem everywhere. I mean, people still have these artificial criteria that, and, and then you get credential, what, what I had called credential creep a while ago. Like <laughs> when we hired somebody, they only had a two-year degree and two years of experience and they didn't really work out well. So let's make it a four-year degree and five years experience. Yes, I love that. That's so true. And that works. It doesn't matter if you're hiring a bartender or an attorney. Everybody still relies on, on skills. Once we get people into the pipeline, and everybody's struggling with that, I don't want to just spend all that time on there. 
what are some of the, you have some really, really great suggestions, some of the things that you do, and, and we'll, we definitely want to cover onboarding, but what yeah. are some of the other things you do or work or advise to, you know, whether it's professionals or a manufacturing plant that they do through the process uh, beyond just, hey, write a better ad and you'll get thousands of people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Once you have a candidate and you they've accepted your position and from the day that they start, I cannot say enough about how important and critical and crucial the onboarding process is. Way back when I started recruiting 25 years ago, and I used to do what you said, Ira, where give me my check, offer letter, sign, and here I go out of here. But why that didn't work is because after I would place someone, inevitably, I would start to get the phone calls within two weeks or three weeks I'm starting saying, hey, should I be concerned about blah, blah, blah with the employee? <laughs> and it was always from the employer. I'm like, well, time out. Let me just check. Talk to me about your onboarding process. And it was crickets. It was it was non-existent. Well, I sent the, I threw them the employee manual. I sat them down and I put them in front of some training videos and et cetera. <laughs> right. But again, there was no true onboarding process. So I cannot, regardless of what industry you are, from day one, make it very, very simple. If you meet with someone and you get clear on their KPIs or key performance indicators that you want to see, I always make it simple. When I facilitate the onboarding, my number one question is to the boss, to the manager, to the entrepreneur, whatever terminology resonates with you, what would make you absolutely delighted with the investment of this new employee when we are sitting here 30 days from now? And I allow for them to dump it all out. And then we really get it in a clear, concise, well-communicated where we can track and measure it and identify it into the top three, five goals. Now, it's it's if you don't have that skill set, invest in getting a facilitator or CEO or some nature that has a skill set to facilitate that. And I'm like, that's really not a 30 day goal. That's more of a 90 day goal. So let's shuffle it over here and get really clear. And then you meet with the new employee that you just onboarded and make sure and clarify and verify that they understand what's being asked to them. Clarify and verify with them that they know what uh, the resources are that they're going to need to tap into either what they come with to the table or making certain that the company offers those resources and then meet on that every single week. And then at 30 days, do an evaluation where we're at and repeat that over and over again for the first six months on boarding. And then for your new employees and your existing employees, make sure that you have quarterly growth plan for all of your employees. I do presentations all the time on why the employee review must die. You know, reviews feel feel very archaic. They uh, feel like your head's on the chopping block. The employee doesn't like it. The employer doesn't like it. Nobody knows what to do with it. Do you get a raise? Do you not get a raise? Are you keeping your job? Are you not keeping your job? And really transform it and do a two millimeter shift of turning it into an employee growth plan where they're fully, wholly invested in their growth in addition to what they contribute to the company. So if you believe in the employee and the supervisor performing this evaluation, as I recall, 
Yes. Yeah. I love that you say that. That's, I think that that shift has made the biggest difference with the businesses that I work with. First, the employee does a self-evaluation. Again, if any of your guests want to get my process, I'd be happy to give it to you for free. So if the employee does a self-evaluation, then the supervisor or manager does an evaluation, and then they come together and treat it like a coaching conversation and just really solidify and giving that opportunity for them to walk away with a, a plan that they are both wholly in agreement with and excited about. Molly, there's there's two things. One is I love that about the uh, performance review. I mean, I don't know how far you went back into my career, but I started as a dentist. So, so again, professionals, how they hired people. One of the things I used to do, and I'm going back into the 80s, I'm going back a long time, and is we did a we did an annual review. Now at that point, it was probably related more to, to salary increases yes. than, than anything else. However, that's exactly how we did it. I used to do an evaluation, and I'd have the employee do an evaluation. And I said, this isn't about whether if if you're worried about having a job or keeping your job, then you wouldn't even be here. I wouldn't ask you to fill this out if it was about yeah. terminating you. This was about what your goals, what it looks like for the next year. And we'd have a conversation and I would look at, you know, I gave you a five, you gave yourself a three. Why do you think you're, you're not doing as well as you should? Yes. Or vice versa, which is usually, you know, what they looked for. So, uh, you know, I, I, I love that as part of that. I wanna make sure that we do cover a really important topic, which we, we talked about in the beginning, which is onboarding. So what does that, what does that look like when, you know, the first day, I mean, after that job offer, what, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I, again, I'd be happy to share my 90 day onboarding process with anyone as well. I, it's, it's really, you have the HR stuff that has to happen, but I tell people, listen, whoever that your supervisor is or what department that you're responsible for the first week, this is what I want you to do. I want you to shadow the employee shadow their supervisor, manager, whatever department head they're working with for one week from everything, sit in every client meeting, every sales meeting, every production meeting, every desk time, when they're sitting there within their desk time. And I want you to, between you shift to every activity, I want the, the manager, whoever's responsible for training to say, okay, great. Here's what we're walking into. Here's what we're transitioning or shifting into. Here's what I want you to pay attention and to look for. And then you debrief with the employee after and have them. It makes them be responsible for their own learning. It makes them be fully present and self-governing. And at that time, but then they also reflect back to you where maybe you're, you're not processing, you're not duplicating, you might do three different sales meetings and do them completely different, all three different ways. And they'll say, well, why'd you do it this way in the first one, this way in the second one? And they will shine the spotlight on where you have lack of process and standards and systems. So they're actually doing many different, they're training, number one, but they're also uh, doing Kaizen improvement, like a quality control analysis of what's where you might have holes in your systems and process. It is the most transformative way to onboard someone within the first week. And it's fascinating because depending on what role you sit in. So for me, a lot of times they're, they're, they're shadowing the rainmaker, the entrepreneur of the business or what have you. And they will say after day one, they're like, how do you do what you do? They're completely exhausted watching their supervisor, their manager, 
and they have such appreciation for it. And that's where, you know, my second book that I wrote is called Entrepreneurs in Entrepreneur's World, How to Get Your Employees to Step Up and Lead. And it really transforms them to have complete appreciation and respect for what you, what your is coming at you. And it really, for me, in that first week is how you have that line of delineation between an employee and an entrepreneur. And that that uh, that process of job shadowing does something else that ties back to what Ira it talks a lot about, which is that in that job shadowing process, the employee gets to find out just how adaptable he or she will need to be mm. in that position. And, and that adaptability we know is very important. Indeed. Hi, so showing up on the first day of work and being greeted by, oh, we didn't, we forgot you were coming. <laughs> or, oh, oh, nobody told me that you were coming today. <laughs> it's not a good thing anymore. Right? <laughs> Molly, again, so many great tips uh, and, and I'm listening to you and there's so many things that just come back to me that I forget that I think that everybody takes for granted and, you know, obviously they don't. How you, you mentioned that people can get your, your tips, your onboarding process. What's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Absolutely. You go to my website, hiringandempowering.com, and you can opt in. You can send an email through the contact page, and we will drop you. Every Tuesday, we have a live podcast, and I'd love to have you on my podcast. And every Thursday, we drop a blog that is just value, chock full in regards to tips, tricks, and everything, hiring, firing, onboarding, internal communication, and leadership. So final question that we, we start, I used to ask everybody I started last week, and so I'm going to throw this out to you. 12 months from now, we have you back on. It's May 2022. What are we talking about? I would love to be talking about entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs world and really a lot of the work that I do with my Team Empowerment Academy. Sounds terrific. Thank you so much, Molly. We'll have you back and we'll be talking about that. Hey, stay safe, (laughs) Molly. Appreciate it. Great tips. And uh, go to hiringempowering.com and to keep in contact with Molly. Thank you for having me, Molly. Bye-bye. Again, another lightning fast question. (laughs) (laughs) One thing after the other. She was talking. There was all these ideas that I, that I used to do going back again, 30, 35 years of uh, have a conversation. I was recalling when you said the thing about arriving and the computer not being ready and the, you know, oh, you know, oh, wow. you're here, right? Was that one time I did a, a training for uh, the employee retention specialist, which is a certification that I created. And somebody from Dell showed me a picture, a mug of candy that they put on people's desks mm-hmm. when they arrive, along with a, a greeting card that's signed by everybody in the department. Yeah. I love yeah. the, that. It's a great suggestion. And then you hear the other stories that somebody shows up and there is no desk, there is no computer. <laughs> right. the backlog, they didn't get around to it. So again, some things are easy to fix. Some of them just are don't cost you much. I mean, what's a, a, a cup and, and a little bit of candy and- Right, um, and a uh, greeting, card, a greeting right? card, Yeah, what's it cost? So again, we're not talking that you need to have a budget or a strategic planning meeting to, okay. to initiate this. We want to thank everybody for listening to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We are going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our two sponsors, Ingomu and Success Performance Solutions. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
Imagine growing great employees and advancing emerging leaders for less than a dollar a day. The Ngomu app will support your employees in a myriad of ways, from career and personal development to health and wellness. No need to schedule and hold trainings. Just have them access over 90 coaches for live virtual group and one-on-one -on -one coaching for whatever topic they need or want to work on. Anytime, anywhere. Learn more at Ngomu.com today. For many people, the bridge to the new normal is too far, too difficult, too scary. Waiting to get back to normal becomes a way of life, filled with fear and despair. But wait, why are those people who dare to travel to the new normal celebrating? Opportunity and growth? How can you get a piece of the action? The bridge between the past and the future, the status quo and the new normal is adaptability. You have a choice. Which side of the future do you want to land on? Will it be coping and surviving or growing and thriving? Adaptability Quotient is the new competitive edge. And welcome back, everyone, to Geek Skeezers and Googleization. We have our second segment. Again, we want to thank Ngomu and Success Performance Solutions for, host, for sponsoring the show. And uh, we want to thank you, our listeners, for being part of it. We've got another great guest here. Before we get there, I just want to put a reminder up about the uh, webinar that's coming up. We talked about adaptability. You just saw the commercial 20th, yeah, 1 p.m. We've got uh, how to grow and thrive in a FCDD up world, F'd up world, which, is, by the way, is frustrating, confusing, disappointing, and distracting, and that's sort of the world that we live in. Today's Herman Trend Alert, which hasn't gone out yet, <laughs> will be about a new community in Florida that's about 20 miles outside of Fort Myers called Babcock Ranch. And ba Babcock Ranch is the town of the future. It is 100% solar. The preferred vehicles are bicycle and golf cart. There's a town center. There is an incubator called the Hatchery. It's uh, it's really it it's it's sort of designed to foster innov innovation and creativity. Every house that's built in this Babcock Ranch community must be equipped for electric vehicle charging. So it's just and the the homes start at the two bedroom, there are two bedroom apartments or homes that start at around 200,000 and go up. And you can imagine they go up to beautiful river, uh, lakeside mansions, just quite, quite an interesting community. And it's, it's an engineered community so that it's built with people in mind and with the environment in mind. They reclaimed a bunch of swamp to, to bring back. It had been cleared for pastures and they wanted to bring back the original landscape. So it's just, uh, I, I, I can't wait. And hopefully, hopefully, Ira, we will be able to have the developer Sid Kitson on. Sid no. is the recipient a gold Edison Award for Babcock Ranch and and also for his lifetime achievement, I believe. 
Well, we're, we're visiting my mother in Sarasota, which is only about an hour and a half from Fort Myers, maybe even less, depending on where in Fort Myers it's located. So hopefully, I, I know it won't happen this weekend, but in one of the future ones, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to take a drive down and, and visit that. But it, it's also interesting that you bring that up, well, since we're going to switch gears here, since it doesn't look something must have happened with Tova, we'll have to check on on that once we get off the sure. air. The other day, and, and some of some people might have seen it, and then it made the news on, on the site. Mm-hmm. But on they talked, I think it was on the Today Show is where I saw it. They talked about 3D printing homes. And yeah. it was, you know, for half, and, and it's, it's advanced so much just in the two or three years since I first started to talk about that, that two or three years ago, they talked about within a 24-hour period, you can, you produce a home about 700 square feet. So it was essentially it was a room and they were looking a, at a this tiny home. Yeah, right? They were solving this for, for housing, you know, so either instead of trailers after a hurricane, they can come in and, and you'd bring in these trailers and they would just print these homes to, to house people. And, you know, again, it's mostly concrete. So, but it was, it, it was basically four concrete walls and, and I don't even know they had an opening for a door and, and maybe a window or two. I, I was just going to say no windows. Well now, so anyway, I, I mentioned that two, I think it was two years ago or three years ago, I spoke at a national meeting and they were in the construction business. They weren't contractors, but they were in the equipment business. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, they said, can you come in and talk to our, our guys and most of them were guys, so are guys about the fu- what the future is going to be and, and what type of, you know, they, they don't get, they're, they're always, and it was from HR, they're always complaining how hard it is to find tradespeople. Can you imagine now? This was two, three years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, can you imagine and, now? And, yeah, and they said, can you kind of, you know, I guess do the old two by four, you know, <laughs> wake them up get the aha moment. So they go, oh, I didn't realize things are changing so much. I didn't realize that's what the market's like. And I talked about what the future was going to be. And and essentially, if you're going to, if you're having trouble now finding, you know, builders and contractor and and tradespeople, what's it going to be like in, you know, we were talking five to 10 years. And and obviously it happened (laughs) in two years. The, I mentioned 3D printing and one guy, literally, I say a guy, it was a guy, literally got up, said, this is BS, <laughs> and walked out. And I looked in the front, and a couple of people were nodding their heads. A couple of people were doing the, you know, nodding in that way. And, you know, few people walked up, and they said, you were so right. But most of the people walked down and go, he's not from my industry. You know, what's a dentist know about the future? Of work? <laughs> what's he know about this? That's never going to happen. Well, here it was. They're they're now doing mass building, and I don't know if it was down in Houston. It was down in the south somewhere, uh, and especially after hurricanes. And the one of the people that they interviewed said, "You know, my home in the last ten years, I've lost. We've lost it two or three times." And the fact is that within 48 hours, they were able to build, I think, a 1,400 square foot home. They showed the interior of Love it. it. And you talk about not only, you know, not taking six months to years to build that right, home, right. shortages of labor. 
and, but there is going to be a shortage of labor, but the shortages of labor that what do we do about the lack of electricians? And, and I don't know what they're doing with that. So I, I, we still may need all the electricians and the plumbers, but instead of hiring people to swing hammers, they may not need as many people. And within 48 hours at half the cost of building a similar home, they are, and now it opened up a whole new market for people who couldn't afford this $500,000 home in the area. Now it's 250,000 where they couldn't afford a $300,000 home. It's $150,000. And I, again, a 15, you know, approximately 1500 to 2000 square foot home, literally ready, not quite ready to move in, but built and ready to get the finishing touches on it within that short period of time. So, you know, the miracles of technology. But for companies, I'm sure there's still companies that would say this this will never work here. Well, 3D printing is, is amazing in what it can do. Now there are some Navy ships that instead of carrying an inventory, millions of parts, simply have a 3D printer and the the materials that they need to feed the 3D printer and they can make whatever part they need on the spot just in time. Well, it saved healthcare. I mean, it saved a lot of industries last year because they were, they were 3D when we, we couldn't get masks. Right. Uh, we couldn't get shields. They couldn't get parts. There were companies that literally sprung up and there were, there were people in their basement producing these. I mean, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs. Yeah, there were people that sprung up and they weren't doing millions of them, but, you know, everybody was able to do a little bit. And then even if everybody on a, could 3D print their own, that took the pressure off. You know, I, I wrote about this in my book about an HVAC tech. And, you know, now we, we basically need a repair. We need maintenance. They pull up in their truck. They they check it out. If they need a part, they may have it in their truck or they have to go back to the shop or they have to order it and then they come back again. And the story that I told was, and I actually handed the book a few weeks ago to our HVAC tech was here about it. And he said, because he had to go back to the shop to get a part. Right. Uh, and I said, so here, l- let me share this with you, was that that an autonomous vehicle shows up because there was a drone in the air because there were sensors on our unit and the sensor set off an alarm that got queued over to the business. The business says we need to send somebody out. So they send an autonomous vehicle out there. There may be a person in it or a robot, let's say, but there was a person in it. He goes out, he checks it, realizes that a part needs to be replaced, goes back to the van and prints the part or, or calls or or triggers the call to the drone goes calls the shop and they send the part over with the drone now and everybody just <laughs> said you know yeah that's boy wouldn't that be amazing well in some degrees in some fashion it's happening already i don't know i don't think we have an autonomous vehicle pulling up you know with somebody in there and i don't think it's carrying a 3d printer but it doesn't mean they don't go back to the shop and and print the part up it doesn't and and it's it's so close to coming but ultimately, we're talking about shortages of labor now. I mean, we're talking some basic skills that we don't have people that are interested in some very, very basic right. you know, the trades. What the, Now you have like an HVAC tech is no longer a mechanic. It used to be just a mechanic if they could right. fix the Right. He part. has to be computer literate now. They're a computer tech. They're a, they're a service <laughs> practitioner that just happens to know electric, electric or plumbing. It's or reversed. Or HVAC, right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And again, there's, there's people, they make a lot of money. I mean, they're, 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 they're good, good paying jobs. As you know, we talk about that with Ed all the time. And then just yesterday, and not necessarily college degree, probably not college. Probably not. Right. And a lot of them, but they continue, continue their education and get a degree, but they don't need that to get started. And, you know, just yesterday, and again, it's this deja vu again, I think it was on Marketplace, uh-huh. PBS. NPR, Marketplace. Yeah, they were talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were talking about manufacturing that manufacturers can't find enough people, and how it's still considered Big a surprise, uh, right? Yeah, it's still considered a dirty, dark smokestack industry, and and parents are to blame. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Is that oh, you need a four-year degree? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to go into the trades. You don't want to, you, you don't want to go into manufacturing. And manufacturing today is really a technology industry. Look at the car industry, and well, look, look at the car industry. Look at all the shortage. We talked a couple of weeks ago about car rentals. Why they couldn't get car rentals? Well, they, they couldn't get. They sold off their fleets because of the pandemic. Right now, and now the demand man- is coming back, and they don't right. have the cars. And, and, yeah. and the car manufacturers can't build the cars. Because they don't have se- they don't have the semiconductors, they don't they can't right. so they can't produce the cars. So now they're eating up the small business market, and a lot of the used cars aren't serviceable because the chips have gone bad, and they can't get the replacements because there's a semiconductor shortage. So it's interesting. They think that everything's all tied in, and when anybody thinks that, oh, that's not my industry, that's not related you know, you don't understand my business, you know, it's time to wake up and and smell, and literally smell the coffee. And the truth is, and the truth is, we really need to encourage young people to go into the trades, to to take those high-paying jobs and to learn those computer systems, because if we don't, it's going to be weeks before yeah. you can get a tracement to your house. And for every parent and every employer says that they're just naturals at it. Now they know how to use every, every, most everybody knows how to use the technology. They can pick up the phone and, and they can download an app, but it's the repair. Who's going to service it? Who's going to improve it? Who's going to, who's going to connect all these, you know, literally this year, 41 billion connected devices. You know, who's going to help connect those and keep keep that network up as, as we get more connected? Again, we, we apologize. I was really looking forward to Tova. She had some great suggestions. We're going to check. And her TED Talk was excellent. Yeah, it was. It was outstanding. So I, I suggest just to get a preview. Hopefully we can get her back on the air in the future. Okay. Check out Tova Sherman. Her new book is Win, Win, Win. Thank you, Molly McGrath from Hiring and Empowering Solutions for being here. We had a great conversation about hiring tips and especially the importance of onboarding and so forth. Don't forget in May 20th, we got our webinar coming webinar, up, right? yeah, how to grow and thrive in a effed up world. Mm-hmm. And I also, for those that might be interested, just kind of reach out to me. I'll send you the link. It is up on the website as well. But we have a, I have a webinar for your candidate experience is all effed up. And that's that's mostly on recruitment marketing. We recorded the keynote that I've been giving at many conferences. And so it's up there 24-7 on demand. So you don't have to travel, get in the plane. There is a small fee for it, but you'll also in, included that. You'll get my book as well. Any closing thoughts, Joyce, for the week? Take care of your employees and they will take care of you. If you don't take care of your employees, no problem. Just like your teeth, they'll leave. <laughs> 
<laughs> and next week, we've got two great guests, a good friend of the show. She's been on a couple of times. I've interviewed her, Solange Shira, Dr. Solange Shira. She'll be joining us. We're going to be talking about the new regulation from the SEC. For so many years, companies have been, people are talking about people are our most important asset. Now they're going to have to put their money where their mouth is because it's going to be a requirement. <laughs> they're going to have to stop looking at it as an expense and, and put them on the balance sheet. And then Debbie Levitt, as I mentioned earlier, is going to be on and is about, she has a new course out, a good course, primarily based on UX and CX of how to treat your hiring, your candidates better. So is Solange the first guest and Debbie the second? And the second? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yeah. Got yeah, it. So Solange's company is also HC Moneyball. So she's a data, she's actually from HR, but her passion is data analytics. Human capital Moneyball. I think I know her. I yeah. think I know her. Yeah. yeah. So excellent. We appreciate everybody being here. Thanks again. Thank you, Ngomo. Thank you, Success Performance Solution. Thank you, all our listeners. Thank you, Googleization Nation. Please stay safe and don't let the shift hit your plans. <laughs>